Welcome to the Functional Nutrition Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Holt, and I'm a board-certified integrative and functional nutritionist. I live on the seacoast of New Hampshire and work with clients in my virtual practice all over the world through private consultations and online nutrition and functional medicine programs. Functional medicine nutrition is all about diving deep with people to get to the root cause of their health issues. And that's exactly what I tackle in this podcast. All things health, food, and nutrition. Unpacking current research and almost a decade of clinical experience. I love to bring experts and thought leaders to the table so we can all learn together. Please keep in mind this podcast is created for educational purposes only and should never be used as a replacement for medical diagnosis or treatment. Thanks for joining me. Now let's dive in. What's up, folks? I'm doing something I've never done before. Today I'm going to talk about business. So this is why I'm releasing it as a bonus episode. I know not, no, not everybody uh, that listens to the podcast is going to be interested in this sort of thing. Um, This is really specifically talking to those of you guys who are in the wellness world. Maybe you're an RD, an NTP, a PT, an NP, a health coach, a trainer, anybody that runs their own health business, either online or in person. I know there's a lot of you that listen to the show. And when I polled Instagram, 95% of of you guys said that you wanted this episode. So Um, We'll get back to politics as usual next week with health forward information. But today I'm going to talk all about my business because there is this collective freak out happening. People are really freaking out. What do I do with my business moving forward? So I'm going to share some of what's in my head. Uh, I'm not a business coach. I am certainly not making an about face into business coaching anytime soon, but I have been in business for almost a decade. Um, so I'm going to talk about some things that, that I've learned today. Specifically, we're going to get into how to be a leader and why you need to be a leader right now, what not to do on social media. This is my personal unpopular opinion where to invest your time, who to invest your time with, what to watch out for. And we're going to talk a little bit about prices. Should you be lowering yours as well as launching and selling? Is now a good time or is a little er, tacky? I'm going to talk about, I'm in the midst of a launch as I speak right now for the Carb Compatibility Project. So I'm going to talk to you about how that went. This, my experience launching a program mid-pandemic. Um, So like I said, I have been in business for myself for close to 10 years. Things have really ramped up the past few years, and that ramp up has a lot to do with my mindset around business, Um, having some very specific strategies laid out for me, uh, investing in people to lay out strategy for me. That's a big one. Um, And then investing in myself, continuing to invest in my craft, myself, and my business. That's been a big one. I think if nothing else, it's it's also just helpful to have these conversations. I mean, obviously I'm speaking into a mic right now. It's not a back and forth conversation between your ears and my mouth. Uh, but not everybody has a little business like mastermind inner circle. I've been able to develop one over the years and I am so lucky. I spent the past two weeks basically thanking my inner circle for 
being who they are because I could not have built my business without them. Um, I have close friends that I can hash this out with all the time. It's really been my saving grace, especially over the past couple of months. So I don't feel so alone and isolated, like I'm the only one having these thoughts and the only one you know, curious about what the, what are the next steps to take? I don't have business partners. So having a core group of friends and colleagues that run successful businesses is so huge for me. And just in case you're sitting out there feeling alone and isolated, this is really why I wanted to do this episode. So you can just hear me talk through a lot of the stuff and the strategies that I've come up with based on these conversations, um, based on my own business training. I am personally not freaking out right now at all. Um, And it's because I've had so many of these conversations with my tried and true people. So I really want to share those big takeaways with you, again, in case you're in the midst of a freak out or just really just curious to hear somebody else talk about their business. I love these conversations. Love, love, love them. Um, I would say part of the gift, if you choose to accept it, part of the gift of this time is really shaking everything up. And it's asking us to look at what do we need to realign? Like, do we need to shake up the timeline of things? Do things need to be pushed out? Do things need to be sped up? That was a huge one for me. I'll talk about that at the end of the show, specifically what I'm putting on pause and what's happening in warp speed way quicker than I anticipated. Um, it, this, this time is forcing us to, to ask ourselves, what do I actually want to do? What, I, what do I want to create? Who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? What do I want my business to actually look like? Am I doing those things right now or do things need to change in order for me to get where I want to go? Uh, a lot of my business owner friends are shaking things up right now. It's fascinating to sit back and watch. It is awe-inspiring in a lot of cases because people are put in, putting in work to do this um, big business shakeup. Some because they had to, you know, for example, yoga studio owners, some of my friends had to move their platform to online, which is an, a tremendous amount of work. Just a shout out to anybody, if, if you belong to a yoga studio and they all of a sudden started offering online classes, there's a lot of work that goes into that. So have some appreciation for it because I got to see all the behind the scenes hours. Woo, crazy stuff. Um, and this time is also kind of forcing us to, the things that that we have always said, like one day I'll do that. It's like today's the day, right? It's actually happening today. And I'm seeing a lot of my friends just be like, the things that they pushed off, and this is happening for me too, that we all pushed off and we're like, well, yeah, one day when I have the time, when I have the time, I'll do that. I know I need to do that for my business. I know I'll get there. It's like all of a sudden, it's like whoosh right here. Now's the time. Let's go. Um, so I'm going to talk about how all of that manifested in my own business, my timeline, again, at the end of the episode. So do stay tuned at the end because I'm going to make a really big announcement Um and a hint, it has a lot to do with a practitioner training that so many of you have been asking me for. Now, before I get into the nitty gritty of this conversation, I want to give you a heads up. If you've never heard me rap about business before, I kind of take a no bullshit approach to business. I am not the person to come to with a laundry list of reasons why you can't do something. I'm the person, I'm the catalyst. Like, come to me when you're ready to go. Like, I'm going to spark some shit in you. Um, I love what Maria, uh, Marie Forleo says 
um, she's big in online business space. She has been for many years. I've done a B school with her uh, back in the day. She's phenomenal. She says, some people have reasons, some people have results. Love that. Um, I don't personally don't have a ton of patience or quite frankly, time for excuse making. And I don't, I'm not an excuse maker. I'm not, I'm some, I just, that's kind of my energy. I'm like, if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. If I want to create something, I'm going to create it. I don't have a list of reasons of why I can't do it. I just see those as like non-existent. Like those obstacles don't exist if I truly want to get to something. So I don't have a ton of uh, patience for for all the excuse making that so often happens with entrepreneurship. I just feel like most people are their own worst enemies. They just get in their way. And if you can just kind of like do the work, then you'd be fine. Um, So some of this as you can tell, is probably going to be pretty direct. So I'm saying that, I'm like saying that ahead of time, just in case you're in an ultra sensitive place right now and you just need some coddling, you need someone to rub you on the back and tell you everything's going to be okay. This probably isn't the episode for you. Save it for later. And I say that with the trim, like the utmost love and respect, because I've certainly been in places where I just need to take a break. I, I just need to like unwind myself. And so I can't really listen to a lot of business stuff because it just creates more stress and chaos in my brain than anything else. So I just want to give you a heads up. This is more of a kick in the pants, do the thing episode. So if you're feeling some grit and some fire, this is the episode for you. Um, I'm also going to talk a lot about money. Disclaimer. Uh, It's weird that I have to disclaim that, but I, I think I do because I know money makes people uncomfortable. Um, but as somebody said to me, and I I don't remember who said this, so I'm quoting somebody, I just forget who it is. Um, if you're not making money, you have a hobby, not a business. So I view money, when it comes to my business, I view money in a clinical way. It's a it's a benchmark. It's a it's a it's a type of measurement. Um, you can't you can't look at your business if you're not willing to also look at your money. Um, so in a conversation about business, money does have to come up, whether we're talking about ROIs or, you know, revenue streams or whatever. I personally view money as an exchange of energy. I I put a lot of energy into my work. I think you guys know that. And money is one of the energies that I receive in exchange for the energy I put into my work. So money, again, money's going to come up. Um, if that makes you uncomfortable, I would suggest doing a lot of money work, uh, because it's very hard to run a successful business if you're, if you have the blinders up about money. So the very first thing, and I think the most important thing for somebody who is in the wellness world right now in this moment in time is you have to be a leader, be a leader, position yourself as a leader. Um, I am not an econ an, an economist. I can barely say the word without stuttering. I, I can't, I guess. Um, but we are probably moving into a recession. It seems like that's maybe what's gonna happen. Um, now, in a good economy, it's like everything's ripe for the picking, right? Everyone can do well because there. It's just there's no. It's just easier for everybody to do well. But as we move into an economic downturn, there's going to be less of that, right? So how are you going to position yourself as the leader or the expert? How are you going to convince people to invest in your services if they're worried about their money? What are you going to do to set yourself apart, to position yourself as the leader, as the expert, as the one to choose? 
How are you going to get out of the echo chamber that is social media where everybody's shouting the same thing over and over and over again? How are you going to sidestep that and say, hey, here I am, you know? I'm the one. I'm the one you're looking for. It's not about being the loudest voice in the room. It's not about yelling the loudest, being the shiniest or the flashiest. Think through that. How are you going to position yourself as the leader? My first tip on that, it again, this applies to right now in this moment. You can be a leader by being a port in the storm. And what I'm going to say might get met with some mixed reviews, but I don't think you should be using social media as a tool to process your emotions. Um, and you know, I, I'm just going to say use, talk about social media a lot because that's the way that I engage with my audience and my clientele the most, obviously the podcast, don't you? but, uh, social media is another big one. Now, you know, you can, um, you can use however you communicate with your clientele, whether that's in newsletters or YouTube videos or whatever it is, you know, I'm going to talk about social media a lot. Um, but if you have an Instagram account, account to do business, like not a personal account, but a uh, business Instagram account. And if your personal account is where you do business, you're the leader, um, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, people are looking to you for guidance. So you have to take that role pretty pretty um, seriously, you know? I, I'm going to use some like real world examples of things that I see, uh, that things that I've been seeing and then kind of like what to do, what not to do. Um, I followed somebody on social media who provided weekly guidance. And once we hit quarantine, she kept posting about how hard it was for her, how she was an emotional wreck. Um, she stopped showing up consistently. When she did show up consistently, it was like really weird energy. She was kind of cagey. You could tell she wasn't fully present. And and it was a lot of this is hard. And you know what? She lost me. She totally and completely lost me um, because I came to her. I went to her business. I sought her services out for guidance for grounding, for comfort, especially during uncertain times. Are you kidding me? That's exactly what I'm looking for. That's exactly where I want to go. That's the service that she was providing. And that's that's how she, you know she could have stepped up to the plate as a leader. Now, I, I understand we're all in a collective shitstorm, but this is your opportunity to thrive. This is your opportunity to provide a service. People were have been looking for that. Um, she could have stepped up and provided such a service and really positioned herself as a leader. And I just felt like it was an absolute opportunity lost. And she certainly lost me. Um, I kind of just checked out from her. Now, to use another example, somebody who was in a very similar line of work, she all of a sudden started doubling down during this time. Um, she released a, pod, a podcast. She was doing like two or three episodes a week. She was showing up consistently with resources for people on social media. Um, and she wasn't lying. Let me be clear. She wasn't trying to fake the funk. She was still like, this is hard AF and still I'm going to show up. I don't always know exactly what to say, but still, I'm going to show up. You know, people need need me right now. I'm going to rise to that occasion. She was such a port in the storm for me. If I was having a low, weird moment, I knew exactly 
where to go. I knew exactly what podcast to listen to. I knew exactly what page to go on to on Instagram. Um, and now because of that experience, I'm a lifer. Like she, I will, I will always have a very special place in my heart for her. Like she has me hooked for life. I'm not going to forget the people that have risen to the occasion. I won't forget the leaders right now. I think about Christiane Northrup, um, you know, you can kind of like take or leave what she's saying. There's a lot, she's, there's a lot of conspiracy talk. So I'm not using her as an example of the, the exact content, because I know that not everybody's going to align with her content, but she's been showing up. Now, if you don't know Christiane Northrup, she's the, uh, she's an MD, she's an OBGYN. Uh, she's been in the women's health field for a hot minute. She wrote the book on women's health quite literally. Uh, I think it's called Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom was her first book. I could be butchering that. Um, but she's good stuff. And she's been showing up for 34 days now doing like a 10-minute IGTV video, just kind of talking about the collective energy and like what we can pull from this. And those are the people that that have really earned my my trust and respect. And like, to me, they're the leaders. Th those are my go-to people, the people that are consistently showing up. Uh, Dr. Ben Lynch is another one. I've, I've certainly talked about his work on the show before. I mean, I, there's there's a bunch of people that I could I can call out right now. I'm not going to get into it. Don't have the time time. Um, and I, I'm really not saying don't, uh, be a robot and don't have emotions. I think if you follow my work, it's like the antithesis of what I say, like, you know, really. Uh, but what I'm saying is don't put that on your audience. You have to process your emotions, but you don't need to have a weekly freakout on your business page, right? That's not the place for it. Um, obviously, I'm a pretty straightforward person. I'm quite transparent. I'm very open. I'm very honest. Um, that's just how I was built. It's how I was born. My, my husden is the polar opposite, so it's just like a funny dynamic. I used to joke that I'm my own biggest gossip. There, there couldn't be a rumor about me because I would have started that rumor. I'm just very open about my shit. I'm not a heavily curated person. I mess up. I show up messy, quite literally. I'm not going to like take the time if I have something to say to like comb my hair or like wash my face or put on makeup sometimes, right? Find the exact lighting. I'm just going to, I'm just going to show up and say what I have to say. What you see is what you get with me. Um, so please understand, I am not suggesting that anyone masquerade out there or anyone show up and be a fake or a phony. I'm just saying that if you want to position yourself as a trusted leader, don't document every breakdown that you have, right? It's perfectly normal to have those breakdowns right now, to have those wishy-washy moments. Call a friend. Call your mom. Don't take to social media or your newsletter or however else you communicate with your audience to showcase your um, your inner freakout. You have to be the leader. Right now, people are looking to who to turn to, who to trust. People are looking for messages of hope. How can you show up as that source? You can do it in an authentic way, however feels right and true to you, but that's what you got to do. Um, and I'm not saying you can't showcase moments of vulnerability. I, um, you know, just last week I posted a video of Hattie. Oh my God. She was singing her best, singing her best into a microphone. And then I like panned over and you saw that the microphone was hooked into headphones, which were on my ear. So she was literally singing Frozen 2 into my ears through a microphone. And I posted that because, you know, clearly that's like a mom at her wit's end. 
Um, (laughs) But that's real. It's honest. It's a human being moment that other moms can certainly connect with. And I think pockets of those types of things are fine. They're very relatable. You're infusing your real life moments. It makes you seem like a real person, right? People connect with that. But if that's all you're posting, you've, you've just lost authority as the leader, right? If that's all you're doing, if you're not showing up as a leader in any way, in any capacity, like you're going to lose that pretty quickly. Um, And you have to remember that it's not about you. It's about your clientele. You are not the hero of this story. Okay. That's a big one to underscore in business. You're not the hero. Your client's the hero. They want to hear about their hero's journey. Um, I do want to take one more moment to talk about the V word since I just mentioned it, vulnerability. It's like the top five buzzwords for 2020. A lot of business coaches are saying you need to be more vulnerable. My unpopular opinion is that people have taken that and run with it a little bit too far. I think there's a difference between somebody who's just like out there raw dogging reality, giving you their true voice versus an orchestrated vulnerability post. Like I need to be vulnerable. Therefore, I'm going to do this vulnerability post. It Sometimes it's even announced like, guys, I'm about to be real vulnerable right now. I, 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 write, I do a VD with that one. Vulnerability disclaimer, throw up the VD. Um, here it comes. Um, it, to me, it just comes across as inauthentic. Uh, which is ironic because the whole purpose of vulnerability is to let people see your true self, like all the dark and gristly bits. It helps people connect with you as a human being. But if it feels forced and fake on your end, I promise you it's going to come across as forced and fake on the receiving end. Um, Here's my personal benchmark for true vulnerability. If I write something and then immediately feel like I'm going to throw up, and I've talked to enough people to know that this isn't just like a me thing, this is like real deal. Um, I, I, if I publish something and then immediately have feelings of everyone's going to hate me for this, this is the thing that's going to make it all come crumbling down. This is it. This is the big one. I'm going to post it. And there's something inside me that's like, post it. You must post it. And then I do. And then I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to vomit. That's, that's true that you are getting like the real inner, inner stuff, like big time. It always reminds me of a Nayara Wahid quote. I, I love her. I quote her all the time. The thing you are most afraid to write, write that, right? Because rem- remember you guys, you're not the hero of the journey. You're the hero of your journey, but your clients are the hero of theirs. So focus on their journey. If it's all about you and your vulnerability, you're focusing on you. You're not focusing on your client's journey. That's how you're going to show up as a leader, especially right now. People are looking for things that they can put their faith in. They're looking for hope. They're looking for trust. They're looking for comfort. How can you show up and provide that. And even Auntie Brene, Brene Brown, who wrote the book on vulnerability, everything she shares isn't like a VD, vulnerability disclaimer, throw it up. Uh, She clearly comes across as the leader. She clearly comes across as the authority, right? Look to the people that are doing that. Just pay attention to what they're doing. What are they saying? What are they talking about? Okay. So that's the first one. You're not using social media to process your inner emotions. Number two, 
You can be the leader by being the expert about something, um, just having a really deep knowledge about a subject, right? Being the expert, really being able to provide some insight about a certain topic that other people can't provide because you're the expert. Um, So think about how you might be able to position yourself as one. How can you be the go-to resource on something? Um, And it doesn't have to be like, you know, the the go-to resource in the entire world, just for your audience, just for your clientele. When I first started this podcast, my goal was to deliver really well-researched, evidence-based, well-organized information. That was important to me. That's why it, it took me two years to start a podcast because I knew how I knew what I wanted to create and I knew how long it was going to take, like how time intensive it would be to create the content I wanted to create. But at the time, the nutrition podcast I had been listening to for years all started to sound like an echo chamber. Uh, It was just different people saying the same old thing over and over again. I just felt like I was listening to the same discussion. So I wanted to do a deeper dive on subject matter, really get into like the, like a, like take one topic and just like totally blow it out, like explore all aspects of that topic. Now, over the years, I've created a following of people who are looking for that deeper dive. There's a tremendous amount of people out there that just want the sound bites that are just kind of like, eh, give me the Reader's Digest version, right? I know my content is really in depth and that's cool because I'm creating that for the people that are looking for that, right? My my, I'm not for everybody. My podcast isn't for everybody. My content isn't for everybody. Cool. It's for the people that need it. Now, one of the biggest things that I heard in the midst of this pandemic, you guys, is this. You are my trusted go-to resource for health information. I heard that over and over and over again. I was like, whoa, that feels like a lot. I mean, in a great way, like the, it's the best compliment you could give me because that's the exact reason that I do the, th- the things that I do, like exactly. Um, so it was you know, heavy in a very good way to hear things like that. The word trust in research has come up more times than I can count from listeners. So it's because I've been able to position myself as somewhat of an expert. And that feels very weird to say, because I certainly don't consider myself an expert. I just feel like the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know anything, the more I realize I have to learn, right? Um, but you you know what I'm trying to say here, hopefully. The way that I've done that is by continuing to show up. You know, even when times get rough, there's always been a consistent podcast from me, either weekly or bi-weekly, depending on how I changed my schedule. But there's, I've always shown up, even during tough times. I just keep showing up, right? Um, I try to be the leader. I try to be a trusted source. Um, and I've also, the way that I've positioned myself as an expert is by continuing to invest in myself, to invest in my craft, and to invest in my business. I am not going to sugarcoat it for you. It has taken me a lot of time and a lot of money to do that. I'm going to share with you exactly how much money at the end of this podcast. Um, So I know that what I'm about to say sounds a little counterintuitive, but I would say to you that this is a very good time to invest in yourself, to invest in your craft, and to invest in your business, especially if you're trying to leverage yourself as an expert and you don't feel like an expert, right? So when I say invest, I'm talking about money, I'm talking about time, 
or I'm talking about both, right? So you can either invest money into something, you invest time into something, you can often invest both things. You can invest your money into a new training. Uh, you can invest your time into the thing that you've always wanted to figure out, right? So for starting a podcast, I had no idea how to start a podcast. I had no idea. Do you know what I didn't do is like reach out to somebody through email or like a DM being like, you have a podcast. Can you tell me how to start it? I'm blown away. I don't really get this anymore because I've set so many hard boundaries around it. I've, I'm blown away with the amount of people that have reached out to me asking me things that they could Google. So I'm like, you don't want to take, this is, this is like a real pet peeve of mine. You don't want to take your time to find the information that is readily available to you, but you want me to take my time to do that for you. It's absolutely BS. Really, really grinds my gears. Don't do that to people, right? Invest your time your own time, because time's a very valuable resource. Invest your own time into figuring out the things that you need to figure out. And if you can't do it yourself, then you have to pay somebody to help you. That's where that, that money comes in. If it's something that you really can't figure out, then invest your money into somebody who knows what they're doing that can then help you. Um, so let's talk about investing your time. What I'm going to call it is working on your business. Now, when your business is bustling, when things are thriving, right, you tend to be really in your business. You, you tend to focus on what needs your attention right now. So for me, that looks like working with one-on-one -on -one clients. It's leading programs. It's creating content for programs or, you know, taking somebody through it. It's analyzing labs. Uh, it's answering client emails, right? My time is really tied up in my business, in doing the things that drive my, uh, that make my business uh, kind of like go. I, can't, I, can't, I wouldn't be able to have a business if I wasn't investing time in those things, right? Obviously. Um, but when I'm in that like hustle, you know, that hustle and bustle time, I'm not always great at dedicating a ton of time to working on my business. Um, so if things are starting to slow down for you right now, or they have been, or you're noticing just okay, you know, like there's, there's more, there's an abundance of time where there used to not be an abundance of time. Really capitalize on that right now. Don't freak out and try to fill up that space. That's what I did. That's exactly what I did. I was like, oh boy, I have, I have these like spots on my calendar that are open that used to not be open. What am I going to do? Because I was, I'll talk about this later, but I meant to run the CCP in, in April. I ended up pushing it off till May. So the month of April was, uh, I was still running Your Hormone Revival and I was still taking one-on-one -on -one clients, but I had some more flexibility with my schedule because I wasn't running CCP. So that to me made me feel like freaking out a little bit. I'm like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, and so what I needed to do is like take, take a time out. Uh, so that's what I'm telling you. Don't freak out. Don't try to fill up that space. Use it as a gift. Invest that time into the things that, that you say you're going to do when you have the time, right? The things that are perpetually on the back burner, those things take up so much space in our brain, even if we're not aware of it. They just like the thing that you think of and you like cringe because you're like, oh shoot, I'm supposed to be doing that, but I don't have the time, right? Do those things now. Um, this is an example. My business coach has wanted me to do certain things for my website um, for so long. And I kept pushing them off so I could, because I'm like, I don't have the time for that right now because it's not going to like, 
give me immediate success. It's more of like the long-term play. And right now I need to focus on the things that need to be done right now. And that's kind of what I mean by working on your business, whether that's social media strategy, whether that's website, uh, SEO, opt-ins, uh, email funnels, you know, figuring out Facebook ads, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what I'm talking about by working on your business or even doing trainings, right? To, you know, more continuing education trainings, working on your business versus just doing the day-to-day tasks that you have to do for your business. Um, So rather than try to freak out and plan for an unknown future, now's the time to button up all those things. Build your foundation really really strong. If you notice a downturn in your revenue, Uh, If you notice a downturn in your clients, if things are slowing down, see it as a gift. Try not to freak out. See it as a gift. Okay, what can I do with this time to build up my business even stronger for the future? Um, The other way you can invest your time is into a training. So figure out, and you might already know this, figure out what do you need to learn more of to position yourself as the expert? Is it specialized training? Is it business training, right? Um, You know, for me, different moments in time, I've really wanted to do a deeper dive on SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. I've wanted to do, do a deeper dive on organic acid testing. I've wanted to do a deeper dive on autoimmune health. I've wanted to do a di- deeper dive on thyroid health, right? So these are all, so I've done specialized trainings for all those things and, and you know, many more, um, which is how I can start to position myself as more of an expert in, in these categories because I've done that extensive training, right? So if things are slowing down for you, invest that time into leveling up your knowledge base. How are you going to step outside the echo chamber of everyone that's saying the same old thing? Have you been thinking about a training? Has there's just like been something on your back burner or sorry, I had to take a sip of water. Um, you know, something you're like, when I have the time, I'd really love to do a deeper dive on this or, you know, something that you've been thinking about now would would be a really great time to do it. Whether that's a business training or continuing education, whatever you've been eyeballing or thinking about. Um, And of course, the, the natural and normal reaction is going to be, well, this isn't a good time to invest in myself. This isn't a good time to invest money in myself. And what I would counter that with is how do you expect to show others that it's a good time to invest in themselves if you're unwilling to do the same thing? That's a pretty big one that I kind of just want you to, to sit with and just to think about and to mull over, maybe a question to bring into meditation. How are you going to convince other people to invest in your services if you're unwilling to do the same thing for yourself? How can I say to somebody, you need, you know, you need to invest in you when I'm unwilling to invest in me? It kind of feels yucky, right? It doesn't feel great. Feels like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. Uh, it feels almost feels like now I'm being salesy. I'm like selling my product. I'm, do, I'm selling, I'm promoting something to somebody else that I wouldn't do for myself. I've never been able to do that. Uh, I, I just I just can't. So 
think about that one, you know? If we start to see money as an energetic exchange, things can really shift for us. I know it sounds super woo-woo, but once I started looking at my money mindset, things really shifted for me. This is the stuff that I'm super trepidatious about talking about publicly um, because it sounds a little wacky. It sounds kind of woo-woo. It sounds like it's sort of out there. Um, And if you want to write it off, that's totally cool. If it's not for you, leave it. Like anything I say, just like move on from it. But when people, you know, a lot of people reach out to me to talk that that want to talk shop or how did you build this or how do I do what you do? And I'm just going to give you the most candid answers here. Uh, on the podcast, like this, this is how I did it. I shifted my money mindset. I, I really got down to brass tacks and thought about how I looked at money and how I interfaced with money and how money showed up in my life and realized realize how it, that was all tied up with self-worth. And there, it was, it was a lot of work, uh, a lot of inner work, right? Um, but it has completely shifted things. So I encourage you to start looking at money in a different way, um, especially if you know you need to shift your money mindset and to start thinking about money as uh, an energetic exchange. And this might warrant being mindful of who you surround yourself with and who you have financial conversations with. This is a big one that I'm going to throw out there to everybody. Watch who you're surrounding yourself with, who you're talking shop with, and who you're getting business and financial advice from really pay attention to that. You you need to be super careful with that one. If you have a friend um, that's a business owner and all she wants to do is download her fear on you, like she's saying, well, you got to drop prices. I got to drop my prices. You got to drop your prices. People will be losing their jobs. People won't have enough money. It's all it's all lack. It's all uh, fear. It's all scarcity mentality. You need to step back from that. You need to remove yourself from that. I'm not saying, you know, you know, cancel the friend. I'm just saying that that's not the person to talk to about your business, right? You don't need that. If you're constantly surrounded by fear, hey, guess what? You're going to be fearful. The more I talked to people in that mindset, the more I started to fear for my business. Even though I saw, I saw zero evidence, exactly zero evidence of what they were talking about in my own business, I started to freak out a little bit like, oh boy, maybe I should shift them some things around. Maybe I should change things. Maybe I should close my business for a little while. Maybe I should just like close up shop. Um, so then I noticed I had to be very careful with who I talked to my business about because I don't I don't need that. I, I really don't need that. I have enough stress and enough worry. I'm an anxious person just like by nature. So I don't need to add more additional unnecessary stressors, right? I really don't. Um, similarly, if you're trying to elevate your business and elevate your finances, which I kind of think go hand in hand, you know, elevate your revenue, don't ask the people who haven't done that for themselves. This is a big one. And I, I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't come across as harsh. Um, I'm really hoping that because it's not intended as that way. But you want to go to the person that has done what you're trying to do. Go to the person who has built what you're trying to build. Talk to those people. And hey, 
guess what? Sometimes this requires money. Often it does, unless they're your friends or family members or somebody that you really, you know, that you have a deep connection with. Um, I had, I'll use an example here. I had a fangirl crush on one of my mentors. I wanted to know all the secrets of all of her ways. I just loved everything she did. Loved, loved, loved it. So I paid for a membership or a mentorship with her. Um, Honestly, just to be in the same room as her not even in the same room, like the same Zoom room, the same internet room, Um, because I wanted to surround myself with people who have done what I want to do. And it's not about stealing their trade secrets because I certainly didn't get any of them. It was just a mindset thing. I wanted to elevate my mindset. I wanted to teach myself that more things are available to me than I thought possible. If she can build that, I can build that. I, like so many of you, I'm my own worst critic. I can self-flagellate at the drop of a hat, right? So I can easily go into fear, lack, scarcity. I'm not good enough, low self-worth, all of that. Yet if I'm surrounding myself with people who have done what I want to do, I see possibility. And again, I had to do a lot of a lot of inner work around around this stuff. I'm not trying to make it seem seem super simple, but one of the One of the pieces was really to surround myself with people who believed in me too. Like the people that believed in me and they're like, I did this, you can do it too, girl, come on. Um, So don't, you know, don't ask the person or the friend who has a bad money mindset, the person who's perpetually broke, the person who lives paycheck to paycheck, the person who doesn't turn a profit with their business. Why would you ask them for business advice? You're going to be disappointed. You're going to be, you're gonna, you're gonna stay stuck in something you're trying to move out of. Don't ask financial advice from people who are stuck in the same patterns that you're trying to outgrow. I know it's a played out pun, but but if you're an alcoholic, don't hang out at bars. And I'm not saying cut ties with people who have a different money mindset. That's totally bananas. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, don't ask them for financial advice for your business. It will keep you feeling stuck. It will make you second guess yourself. Talk to the people who have done what you're trying to do. It is so important. It's one of my biggest pieces of of business advice. And of, of course, I'm going to, there's some caveats to that. The first one being don't take advantage really don't. I love talk sh- talking shop with my friends. It's honestly one of my favorite pastimes, but it's very much so a give and a take. We're constantly in each other's businesses, helping out, giving feedback. And this crisis kind of highlighted to me the people who show up only when they need something. Like when they need business advice, they're there, but they never reciprocate the support. Don't be that person because it feels really crummy on the receiving end of that. Um, And then if you're reaching out to somebody to pick their brain about business, like somebody who you don't know, right, who's not a close friend or a family member, in my opinion, you should be prepared to pay them for their time. It's well worth it on your end, I promise, Um, because I, I used to get this a lot before I set up some hard and fast boundaries and rules about this. I mean, I could easily fill up 40 hours a week just with meeting people who wanted to pick my brain about my business. Really think about what you're asking for. When I had somebody who would reach out and say, hey, I'd love to meet up for coffee so I could pick your brain about what 
you know, what you do. And it was somebody that I didn't know, or like maybe someday I knew in a past life, like maybe I taught them yoga one time or something like that. Um, I didn't mean to say a past life. You know what I mean? I guess I do have many iterations of this life, I think. Um, but basically what they're asking me to do is spend a solid three hours, bare minimum, because by the time you drive to the coffee shop, right, you have the meeting and you drive home, we're looking at a solid three hours, maybe more, right? Um, so to take three hours away from either A, my my work day, my paid work day, or something I have to get childcare for or time away from my family to give you all the tricks of my trade that I've spent 10 years learning and to just do it out of the kindness of my heart. You want me to help you make make you my competition on my dime, on my schedule? That's bananas, right? That's bananas. And anybody I talk to in business would agree with that. Um, So just be really careful. If you're approaching somebody about something, um, either be prepared to compensate them in, in some way or at least offer uh, just so they don't think you're trying to take advantage of them. And most people are coming from a really, really good place. I get that. But you also have to think you're not the only person asking, you know, asking of their time. So I really don't get that anymore um, because, again, I've set up a lot of boundaries energetic boundaries, vocal boundaries, public boundaries around that. And and as it stands, if you want to pick my brain, you surely can, but you have to schedule an appointment with me during my office hours and you have to pay me my hourly rate because that's the only that's the only way that it makes sense uh, from a business perspective for me. And also don't be offended when people set boundaries with you. It, it might sting at first. I've certainly had people set boundaries with me and I'm like, ooh, that didn't feel good. But it's actually a really great lesson in how to set boundaries yourself as a business owner. So the next time somebody sets a boundary with you and it stings, you know, you know, take your licks totally. Then, but then just be like, okay, I see that she did it. I can do it too, right? All right, up next, I want to talk about lowering prices because this is a lot. This is coming up a lot. So do you lower your prices? Should you lower your prices? I'm going to counter that with another question, which is, have your services changed? If they have, then you can consider tinkering around with with tweaking your um, tweaking your fees and your services. Maybe, maybe. If your services haven't, why should you change your prices? Right? Why? You still put the exact amount of time and energy into every single client appointment. That, my friend, is a one-way ticket to burnout. There is a reason your fees are what they are. There's a reason you charge what you charge. I'm guessing you didn't just come up with that number arbitrarily. You set your prices based on your education, based on your experience, based on how much time and energy you invest into each and every client, right? So unless you're feeling a real, like really, like I feel just get this gut sense that I want to discount my prices or offer a scholarship, that's another option too. It's like if people really are in a hardship, you could always offer scholarships. You could always do that for make exceptions to your rule. But at the end of the day, people still need what you have to offer. So sit with it before you make a knee jerk reaction. Now, if you start to notice a dramatic drop off in your business, then you can think about tweaking things. Then you can think about shaking things up, putting things on sale, all of that. Uh, I think what happens 
in times of uncertainty, we want to feel like we have some kind of control because if the future is uncertain and completely out of our control, we feel very lopsided, right? Little weird, little vertigo-y. And then we're like, we need to have some kind of control to make ourselves feel normal again. And decision-making can feel like you have some semblance of control. So I caught myself in the beginning, like the first month of quarantine, when everything was up in the air and people were in freak out mode and, you know, all that. I just kept trying to make decisions. So I felt like I was taking some action in doing something. But what I really needed to do was take a step back, give it some breathing room and just wait and see. And the truth of the matter is there is, um, uh, April was a, a super weird month. No, was it April? Now I don't even remember. One of the months, it was a month of like kind of like weirdness where like things weren't normal in the business and then everything just got right back to normal. Um, so if I had made these like radical knee jerk decisions to do, you know, to completely blow up my business and like have all my costs, I, I would have been in a very bad place right now. I did put a slight discount on some services and I changed the structure a little bit to make my work more accessible to people. So I'm not saying that you can't pivot or you have to dig your heels into the exact model you're doing right now, but just make sure that you're, you sit with it and you see how it feels. Does it make you feel anxious knowing that you're going to be putting in the same work day after day after day for less pay? That's that's how it shows up for me. I start to feel really, really anxious. Um, that's usually I when I know that I have to increase my fees is when I start to feel resentful and and anxious and stressed. Um, and and the way that my personal business model is set up, there's different points of entry. So the podcast, absolutely a free resource, and I like to think it's a pretty valuable resource. I've certainly had a lot of people say to me. Um, they, they haven't spent one red cent in my business, but they have changed their health and changed their lives just through the podcast, right? So I know in my heart of hearts, I know it's a valuable resource. Then I have Eat to Achieve, which is $99, very affordable. You can do a lot with that. Um, then I have Carb Compatibility, which is the next level up, which is $199. And then we start getting into Your Hormone Revival, at a higher price point, and then ultimately working with me one-on-one -on -one is going to be the most expensive option, obviously, because that that necessitates my one-on-one -on -one time, and I'm only one person, and I'm a mom, so there's only so much of me to go around. Um, so the way that I see it, if somebody is really struggling financially, there's still an opportunity for them to improve their health using my resources. So you can maybe think about that too. Can you create some lower tiered options for people? Lower tiered meaning lower price point, not lower value. Um, high value, low price point thing. The Eat to Achieve program that I offer for $99 is a banger. You get so much content in that. Um, you, you really get, you can like change your entire world just with that program under $100. So you can give good content, right? You create it once and then you can you can sell it multiple times. Um, if you're not doing online content, maybe you could do that. You could think about doing freebies. You could do videos. There's so many options out there. People can still reap the rewards of your services without you having to drop your prices. You're just giving them another option. Oh, okay. If you can't afford the one-on-one -on -one stuff with me, how about this? You know, this is this is a more affordable option. I had a client yesterday who um who 
she was like coming at me with so many things. Like ever, I was like, have you ever heard about this? And she's like, yeah, I know about that. And then it would give me like three bullet points about the things. I'm like, you're very well educated about stuff. I'm like, you know a lot. She's like, I've been listening to your podcast. And sometimes I listen to them a couple of times over. And I'm like, oh my God, you know? And she she waited a solid year before working with me because she was getting so much content out of the podcast. So I just want to underscore that point is that you don't necessarily have to drop your prices. Just give, you know, you can create free content. And and when I'm getting paid what I'm worth, when I'm charging appropriate prices for what I'm delivering, I feel more inspired and it creates more time in my schedule to produce high quality free content. I just want to say that there's there's an there's some type of energy exchange there that I can't quite pinpoint, but it's the God's honest truth. Okay. The other thing and this is a very very valuable point for business all the time. You don't get to decide what other people do with their money. You don't get to choose that for them. You your responsibility is to offer your services. Their responsibility is to decide whether they purchase them. Okay. I had um, a friend of mine owns a store in Kittery, a really cool store. And uh, she came to drop some items off for me. And this was like right after every like businesses were shut down and she had taken to Instagram and she was kind of like really beefing up her Instagram and her Instagram page looked great. And she was doing uh, Instagram live videos showcasing all of her products. And she didn't know this, but I sat down and I watched them like five times. Hattie and I sat down together. It was so soothing. Her shop is like very healing, has like some very good energy about it. They were just so soothing to like go through and watch. And I placed an order of over $100 because I was like, I really want this stuff right now. Um, I bought stuff for my office to like zhuzh up my home office and some stuff for like the house. And so I think I got like a tarot deck too, you know, uncertain times, buy yourself a tarot deck. So when she came to my house to drop it off, we had a conversation and she was explaining to me how uncomfortable she felt about that. And she's like, I just feel like it's really poor form to be selling right now. You know, where we're moving into an economic downturn, people have lost their jobs and I just feel weird about selling. And I was like, yo, you have a store, like that's your job is to sell shit. Like that's what people are coming to your Instagram page for. They're not coming for recipes. They're coming for your products. Sell that shit. Um, And I'm like, you don't, and she didn't know. She thought she was being salesy. She thought she was doing something inappropriate. Meanwhile, I was, I was on the, the receiving end of it being like, I love this. She's providing such a service. These are things that I've been looking for and I didn't know where to find. I want to, you know, I want to invest some money into like making my office feel like a cool, safe, awesome space. So she was providing this massive service to me. Meanwhile, she almost didn't do it because she was afraid to do it. And I was like, you know, do the thing, right? Do the thing. Um, My business coach says to look at somebody and assume that they don't have the money to spend or that they don't want to invest or to assume you know better about their money than they do, it's discriminatory. You don't get to make that choice for them. That is not up for you to decide what people do with their money. I had a friend reach out to me um, just last week and she said, once I get my check from the government, she is uh, self-employed and all that kind of jazz. Um, 
she said, I'm going to immediately invest in your work. I'm going to buy the gut healing starter pack as soon as, as soon as I get the check. Now for me, I would have been like, well, she, you know, she can't afford it right now. She's not working. That, that doesn't seem appropriate. I would never sell to her. That was my inner dialogue. This is just, this is just not right. But it is so important to her. She's been struggling for so long with her health issues. She All she wants to do is feel better. That's priority number one. She wants to get some answers and start to feel good. And she knows that if she's feeling better, she can go out and do more, be more, have a better life. So I say this to remind you, to remind yourself of the services that you provide in just how valuable it is, truly. Truly, truly, truly. Sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget uh, about the importance of our work in the wellness space. So remind, again, I'm going to remind you to think about money as an exchange of energy. Sometimes I've even had to use that as a mantra when I start to get a little squirrely with my money mindset. It's all self-worth stuff, okay? Money for me is self-worth stuff. So when I start to get squirrely with my self-worth, who do I think I am? I'm not as good, you know, I'm not that great. I shouldn't even be doing this, all of that. I have all that stuff come up regularly. Um, Again, thank God for my, my friends and my inner circle because I can you know, talk to them about those emotions. I don't process those emotions on social media. <laughs> um, but uh, when that when that starts to to happen, I have to like remind myself and, and kind of come back to a mantra of this is just the exchange of energy. This is the exchange of energy. That really is helpful for me. Um, and when somebody invests in me, hey, guess what? Do you want to know what I do with that money? I turn that money around and I invest it back into local farms. I invest it into local retail, especially right now. Whatever I would normally buy on Amazon, I'm searching, where can I buy it elsewhere? Locally in my community. Um, I put that money into more trainings so I can then create more free content via this podcast. The energy just keeps flowing. Um, And here's the truth. Like I said before, the more money I make with my paid work, the more time I invest into free content. So more people can benefit from it, right? There's the exchange. Energy is flowing. I know it's kind of woo-woo and out there, but also this is how I run my business. So you asked for it. You got it. Now, um, people are wondering, can can you still sell? right now? Can you still launch? Um, and I kind of talked about the selling just a moment ago with my my example of my friend who owns that store. But what about a hard launch? Um, I'm of the opinion that health is more important now than ever. And I think a lot of people are kind of like getting hip to that, right? A lot of people are like really investing in their health now. I, I You don't want to use fear mongering and fear tactics to sell your products obviously. But if you have a service to provide that could help people with their health, then who are you to say, nah, I'm not going to offer this to you right now. I don't think so. Sorry. Um, so with my CCP launch, I want to talk you through this a little bit. It was supposed to, it was supposed to launch uh, April 13th. And I had two signups. Like a, a few weeks before, I, I, I pulled, I, I, um, I hit pause like a few weeks before. But by that point, I would normally have a lot more signups than two. So already I was like, hmm, suspicious. Um, to, you know, just to give you an example, right now, it's Friday. The, the program starts on Monday. Um, I have 55 signups. 
So, and of course, more will trickle in last minute because that's how people be. But two signups, I was like, all right, this is weird. And I was feeling a little weird about it myself just because I'm like, do people need this? Do people want this right now? And then one person that had signed up reached out to me and was like, hey, um, can I do this? Can I, can I like not do it this round and do it next round? Because I just don't have like the mental bandwidth for that. And that was kind of the consensus in the, like the end of March the beginning of April, that's kind of how people were feeling. It's like, we were all still in like fight or flight mode. Like WTF is happening. What's going on? Figuring out our new schedules for quarantine, all that kind of stuff. And people truly did not have the mental capacity to learn and to absorb information. That's why my podcast, you know, I I shortened my podcast for a little while um, for that exact reason. So instead I pushed it off a full month and it's like, First of all, like light, night and day, you know, it's like a very normal launch. People are signing up exactly how we would expect them to sign up. It's what I would normally see for a program like this. So I think we're back into people spending money in, you know, not as fearfully as they were. I think people were really tight with their budgets for a minute. And now it's it's not quite as as bad. There, there are definitely people still communicating to me that, you know, financially things are, are not great, but, um, but there's, we're no, I guess my point, I shouldn't say that we're returning to normal spending or normal finances. Our mentality has shifted. We're out of that fight or flight. So we're able to think a little bit more rationally. And so people are like, okay, it's actually a really good time to invest in my health. Now, my carb compatibility project for those who do not know, it's all about blood sugar regulation and metabolic health and gut health as well, you know, of course. Um, And so what we started to see with COVID-19, the people that were struggling and the people that were dying had comorbidities of metabolic syndrome. So I was like, oh my goodness, this is a big deal. People need to know about this. So I started posting more about that and talking more about metabolic health because it's such a, this is what people are looking for. How can I protect myself right now? That is what's the forefront of people's minds. So I started sharing information and then, hey, guess what? I have this program that does exactly that. And so I could have been like, nah, this feels a little salesy and weird. This feels like I'm trying to turn a profit off of a, a pandemic. But it's, and I could have done that. And of course I talked to my my people and was like, is, is this weird? Um, and at the end of the day, everyone was like, uh, no, people know you. Like you're the, you know, one of the pillars of my business is standing in integrity. Always, always. That's the thing that I always come back to. Am I in integrity with this decision? It's the most important thing for me. And um, ultimately, I'm, I'm like, who the hell am I to like hold this back from people? This is exactly what people need. Like this is the thing people need right now. So it like I definitely catered my language around my launch to that aspect of the program. So, you know. I think if you're if you're always coming from a good place and you're you're showing up to serve, what do people need right now? Okay, here's the solution. You're coming up with solutions that people need. You're not inventing problems to solve a solution. You're not like, oh, your teeth are gross and yellow. Here's white strips. Remember when yellow teeth weren't a thing, right? That was like that's like a newer thing. It's like the past 20, 30 years, 20 years probably. Anyway, uh, it's because they invented, you know, like they invented the problem. Marketers invented the problem and then had the solution, profited off the solution. So if you're not doing that, you're good. Um, And then how about changing services? 
Should things change in your business? And I think this is a maybe. What I'm going to tell you to do is to look, listen, and observe. What up, guru? Gurus, I was thinking about this. My husband and I were talking. Who's your favorite MC of all time? And I said, guru for lyrics, Nas for voice. Uh, That's a guru quote, if you know Gangstar. Look, listen, and observe. Right? Pay attention. Ask your audience. What do they need? What are they looking for? How can you serve? How can you fill that need? Ask your clientele. And if you're just starting off and you don't have a clientele right now, ask people in your life. Like, what are your biggest issues right now? What would you be looking for? You you need to ask people. Reach out and... <laughs> I was just going to say another quote, and I think I'm just getting a little punchy right now. Okay, just reach out to people and ask for their opinions. That's really important. I do that all the time in my business, all the time, asking people what they need because you want to show up and provide a solution to their problems. Um, And you do, I I think the two secrets to longevity in business, one is tenacity. The other one is flexibility. You have to have the ability to adapt, to modify, to restructure. You have to be able to change with the times. So if your clients are looking for something different than they were five months ago, provide something different, you know, do, you know, spit on your heels, do a little bit of something else. The moment you say, this is the way I do things because this is the way that I've always done things is the moment that your business is dead in the want water. I think I'm stealing that quote. It's probably from my business coach, but it's so bang on. So what that looks like for me and my business, and this is the announcement that I will be making, um, my practitioner program. So I, I have a lot of people, I'll back up it up, a lot of people who reach out to me that they're like, how do I do what you do? Uh, I want to build a, a, I want to get more into the holistic side of things. I want to build a wellness business. How do I do it? Um, so practitioner program has, has been my five-year plan. Um, because I knew that I would be moving into that space. I love teaching. It's my absolute favorite thing to do. I love teaching high level concepts, which isn't always appropriate for like the average person. And I don't really get to do a ton of that in my one-on-one work. Um, I do more of that in your hormone revival in my programs, but um, the higher level stuff is really more at a practitioner level. Um, the people that are close to me were like, eh, it's probably like a two-year plan. I'm like, okay. Either way, it was going to be a ways out. And it's not because I didn't want to do it right away. It's just because, or do it right away. It's just because that there were so many other things that I planned on building first. And then the pandemic came through and COVID-19 shook some things up. I think about it as like a snow globe. It just shook everything up. It completely took my timeline and shook it all up. The irony of this is like, this is the first time I actually planned out my entire year. And then COVID came through and was like, oh, no, hell no. Everything got scrambled up. And then when things started to settle, the timeline timeline was laid out in a different way. And I was like, interesting. I was talking to my friend Kaylee RD and I said to her, I'm, I'm just asking a, uh, from, for a sign from the universe for like my next step. And I'm trusting that like the next right move is going to be delivered to me. And within four hours of me saying that out loud to somebody, I got an email basically confirming. Uh, It was a very, very clear sign. Um, And then within the next 48 hours, so the email was somebody asking me about a practitioner training and a mentorship. 
within the next 48 hours, the entire program was downloaded to me. That's how things happen. It happened with the carb compatibility project. It happened with your hormone revival. When I'm meant to do something, when I'm meant to teach something, it just like comes through me. Now, obviously I didn't build out the whole program, but the entire structure of it is completely built out. Like I know what the program looks like. So that's a pretty hardcore sign that now is the time. And so I'm announcing it here. You're the first ears to be tickled with this information. Um, the big questions that I get from other people, practitioners, other uh, nutritionists, RDs, NTPs, um, nurses, you know, health coaches, the question is, what program should I do? I want to do what you're doing. What program should I do? What training should I do? What book should I buy? They're looking for the resource. And it's so hard to answer that question. It really is because here's the truth. I've since graduating college, so this this money does not include money that I've invested in college. Um I've spent between fifty thousand and sixty thousand dollars. I did I did the math last night and it's somewhere in that wheelhouse on education you know, continuing education, trainings, mentorships, and also business trainings. So it's so hard for me to say to somebody, oh, just do this one program that will provide you everything that you're looking for. Because it, as we know, it's not just having the information. It's more about how you apply that information. Um, the bulk of people asking about continuing education um, or business advice already have some type of background, whether it's an undergrad in nutrition, RDs, maybe you have your masters, um, health coaches, nurses, NTPs. Like I said, they some you know the people that are approaching me have some background, and you're just like, okay, now what? And if you have more of a conventional background, you're like, well, how do I switch gears into more of the alternative, holistic, functional medicine world? And the way that I see it, there is a great need for a bridge connecting what we learn in school and then how we organize that information into private practice, how we actually apply the information that we've learned to our patients or to our clients in a way that makes sense and gets results. And so much of that comes with time and experience, which is why having a mentor is so clutch because the clinical pearls that are found in private practice, that are found in digging through hundreds of labs, that stuff is invaluable. Um, and this is something I've put a lot of thought into because while I've done a ton of trainings, it's the mentorships that I've invested in that and the sub subsequent experience that I've gotten from those mentorships that make me a really good clinician. Like that is, that is it. Um, and what I ended up doing, what my goal was to create the program that I needed and wanted five years ago, 10 years ago, because I, I was kind of in uncharted territory. 10 years ago, I, there, there wasn't 
the trainings that are available now. So I just kind of kept piecemealing things together. And even some of the more recent trainings that I've done and invested a ton of money in, a ton of money, um, have holes. They have their own drawbacks. They're not giving me everything that I need. So I just keep slapping together different resources to be able to continue to do what I do. And, and you know, as I've shared before, my main focus is my practice. I, I'm I'm lively on Instagram, but my goal is not to to be an Instagram superstar. It's not to necessarily uh, um you know, like I, I'm more about like my actual business. Like I've, I've shared this before. I hit six figures as, as a business. Um, and I had 3000 followers on Instagram. So I just want to say it's not the amount of followers you have on social media that, that makes a highly profitable business. It's really not. And my, my goal with my business is always, um, to really focus on my craft and be a better practitioner and help more people versus just being like the jazziest, loudest voice in the room. Um, even even though I do love to talk. So anyway, my goal was to be that bridge. Um, and so the practitioner program that I'm putting together, it's going to include education modules, right? So the, for the people that are looking for that functional nutrition, that deeper dive in functional nutrition work, neuroendocrine health, hormonal situations, thyroid health, adrenal health, big stuff on digestive GI, like it's so important, right? And then detoxification. Um, I want to showcase not just the information, but how to organize the information, how to put it into practice with clients. And also the basics, like where do you even start with clients? What's the starting place? Um, And if you don't have clients, I'm going to make sure that you have that available to you so you can get some practice clients under your belt. And I will supervise that 100%. Um, There will also be the ability to order labs for yourself so you can use yourself to practice. Um, I always think that's a good idea. And it's going to provide the opportunity to connect with other practitioners, to build out your own community, an opportunity to build out your own mastermind, find your people. I am slowly but surely putting together my group of like tried and true people that are in the same business or in different businesses, but in the wellness world. And I just can't I can't get across to you how important that is and how much it makes a difference. People to like hold you accountable to yourself and like up level you and just keep pushing you. Like if if I didn't have my friends to push me, like, I don't know. It's, it's important. It's important. Um, so what I'm doing is tying some things up on the legal end before I do an official announcement. Um, I just want to make sure I'm looking into the legalities of all of it to make sure that I can serve all the populations that have reached out to me. I just want to make sure that I've got all my bases covered, all of your bases covered too. So I, ha- I um, next week I have an appointment with a lawyer to go who specializes in this so I can go over all of it. Um, and then, I, I don't know, I'm going to do like a very soft launch for the beta group. I'm going to take a very small amount of people into the beta group. It's going to be at a discounted price. I like to do those soft launches. Uh, It makes me feel good. So if you're interested, email me, erin at erinholthealth.com. You can just use the contact form on my website. Um, And what I'm going to do is set up some free calls just so I can explain the program a little bit more and hear, you know, what you're doing, what you're looking to do to make sure it's a good fit. The only thing I ask, and I ask you this like truly from the bottom of my heart, 
at the risk of sounding harsh, I, I need to set this boundary for myself as a business owner and as a mom. Remember, I'm in the midst of a launch right now. I have a full client load. I, you know, I, please don't take advantage of my time. Please respect my time. I'm more than happy to get on the phone with you and connect with you and explain all this stuff more in depth, what I'm offering. But only schedule, only reach out to me to schedule that call if you know that you're ready to invest your money and your time. Please. Um, and it, as, as far as that time thing goes, it's totally going to be set up for somebody who's working full time. So the time commitment's not going to be unreasonable. It's going to be a self-paced thing. It's going to be a very manageable, uh, manageable paced thing. Um, so just keep that in mind. I have, you know, obviously full-time business owner, mom, I get, I get it. Um, and you know, one last thing that I want to say is that you can convince yourself that there's a million reasons why you shouldn't do this, why you can't do this. But if you're sitting here listening to me speak and you're getting filled up with excitement or getting a clear yes, trust that. And if it's not clear, sit with it and see what your intuition is saying to you. It comes in all different ways. It comes in all different ways for all different bodies. Um, you know, it, some people get intuition hits on a body level. So what's your body feeling when you think about this program? Does it feel expansive? Does it feel exciting? Does it light you up? Or does it feel constricting and tight? Are you getting any messages in the form of clear words or pictures in your brain? Are you getting a gut sense in your center? And, and if you're not feeling any of those things, maybe what you can do, do what I did. Put it out to the universe. Ask the universe to show you a sign, just like I did. I'm fully trusting that the people that are supposed to be called to this program for the beta round will be called to this program for the beta round. And that's why I'm not planning to do a super crazy launch for the beta group. I'm just putting it out there and I'm going to trust that the people that need it will come to me. And... The three times I invested, you guys are getting like all my my secrets today. And it, for those of you who have made it, this is a long episode. For those of you who have made it to the end, kudos, kudos to you. Obviously, you really care about your business. I like that. Um, the three times I invested the most money into something, I had convinced myself that I couldn't afford it. I was like, I can't afford this. I should not be doing this. This doesn't make any financial sense. But there was such a gut knowing that I have to do this that I just freaking made it work. The first time I did this, I made the money back time. I, I can't even tell you the ROI, the exact ROI, because I'm still reaping the rewards, the financial rewards of that investment um, years later. The, the third time that I did this was the most money I have spent on anything and I made it back, fully made it back within three months. That is no word of a lie, you guys. I was like, it was a, it was a knee-jerk reaction. The most money I've ever spent on anything, and I didn't even take time to like really, really think about like, should I do this? I didn't use my logical brain. I just went with my like my gut check, my gut sense. It was like, do this, do this program, and I made that money back in three months, like crazy. And again, of course, I'm still reaping the benefits of that education. Now, the other time 
I did this. It was more of a soul journey. Um, there's no real, real way I can track how much money I made, but it did put me in touch with a network of people. And it also played a very big role in my own healing, which of course allows me to do more of the work that I love. So for those reasons, in hindsight, I would have gone back and paid triple what I paid for it because I got so much out of it. Even if it wasn't like, you know, monetized, I still just, it was such an enriching experience for me. So um, just, I feel like for what it's worth, keep that in mind. And then the last thing I'm going to say, gut program update. If you're still with me and you're like, uh, hey, what about that gut program? That was one of the things that got a little shook up in the timeline. Um, I, I will be creating a tremendous amount of gut health content for the practitioner training. And at that time, I will also roll out the gut health program for my clientele. Like if you want to work with me as a client, it's going to happen. I just can't promise exactly when it's going to happen sometime in uh, like end of 2020. I don't know. I shouldn't even say that. Like it's going to happen. It's totally going to happen. I just don't know when. Um, and again, I have to follow my own intuition on this. It's it's not just something I preach about. It's something that I actually practice and use in my business. And my intuition just keeps telling me not right now, which is why I have made one-on-one appointments available again, because I want people to get the help they need with their guts. Um, and I don't want them to have to wait for this program if they if they're if they're ready to go. All right, you guys. So that's what I have to say about business. I would love to hear some feedback for you because I, I've never done anything like this. And I don't know, it was fun for me. Um, so I hope you got at least a couple of nuggets that, you know, out of this show that you could apply right now directly to your business or at the very least something to think about. Um, and if you're interested in my practitioner training, I would love to have you. This is gonna be this is gonna be a good ride, you guys. This is gonna be a good one. Um, you know me, I pour my heart and soul into everything I do. So email me, Erin at ErinHoltHealth.com. I will start setting up phone calls um, next week, most likely. So let's check. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Functional Nutrition Podcast. If you'd like to submit a question to the show, fill out the contact form at erinholthealth.com. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review in iTunes. Take care of you. 